chapter nineteen of prince or chauffeur a story of newport by lawrence perry this librivox recording is in the public domain an encounter in the dark while anne was detained below by coltsoff sarah had gone to her room she lay awake for a long time and when her maid informed her that emilia was still waiting for her mistress she gave up the idea of seeing her and went to sleep armitage in the meantime had placed the car in the garage entered the house by the servant's door and was now sitting in his stocking feet smoking a pipe waiting for quiet to fall upon the house his nerves were still taut with the events of the evening his mind very much awake and alert he thrilled with the thought that in all probability he would have a commendatory letter from the admiral to send to his father and that a duplicate would be published to the fleet as for his position in the house that was hourly growing more precarious so far as he could gather almost every one but the prince and the wellington boys knew his identity and it certainly could not be long before this ignorant minority would be wiped out there must be action and quick action with the prince away for the night the opportunity could never be better he was bent now on taking advantage of it it was nearly three o'clock when he left his room walked along the heavily carpeted hall and ascended the stairs in the front of the house to the second floor the dim light was flowing from the hall below but no lamps were lighted above he turned crouching and made his way along toward coltsoff's rooms footsteps sounded on the stairs and as he flattened himself against the wall the skirts of a woman fluttered past him a second later the door of miss wellington's rooms opened and in the light rushing forth he saw anne enter she was weeping he heard the exclamation of the maid and anne saying something in reply then the door closed for five minutes armitage remained immovable then taking from his pocket a skeleton key and a long thin roll of wire he crept to coltsoff's door which he had marked in the afternoon as he placed his hand on the knob it turned in his grasp and opened there was a single electric bulb burning in a crimson globe and although armitage had time to jump back the light flowing from the open door fell full upon him he stood breathing quickly watching the newcomer his forearm poised along his waist the fist doubled without a word the man slowly closed the door as armitage waited an electric dark light flashed in his face with blinding suddenness then it went out not now came a whispered voice prince Kolsoff has returned he has but gone into his room jack did not reply his hand shot into his pocket and came out with a dark light similar to that which had been used against him as he aimed the instrument and pressed the spring a brown seamed face with a head of heavy dark hair appeared in the centre of the illumination let us have done with lights they are not necessary said the man the voice was cultivated the manner gentle and besides they are not safe what do you want armitage's voice rose with an impatient inflection i might ask that of you was the soft reply but come a fair exchange you know since our quarry seems to be the same although passing as prince kolsoff's secretary in reality i am 
ternecki of the austrian state department you are of the secret service of this country jack was cautious i am a burglar if you must know he said and if you make any outcry i'll kill you oh no you are not smiled the man shaking his head without a word armitage leaned forward and seized the man by the arm come to my room with me he said there was great dignity in the man's voice as he placed his hand admonishingly upon jack's arm don't do that i am quite ready to go with you but jack's fingers closed more tightly i am glad you feel that way he said grimly because i want to talk to you however i think i'll make sure come on at the stairs he gently pushed the man ahead of him and followed him to his door he switched on the light and then mindful of the watchman on the grounds below threw a heavy towel over the globe now herr turnecki or kolsoff's secretary or anything you please to call yourself he said indicating a chair he himself stood at the bureau filling his pipe tell me what i can do for you the man bowed and for a moment they gazed at each other armitage could not dismiss an impression of suspicion concerning him but aside from something familiar in face and figure and in some the tones of his voice he was unable to place him the putative austrian seemed to read jack's thoughts let me first prove he said at length that i am friendly to you and perhaps to your interests i recognized you this morning as an american naval officer i had met two years ago in vienna it is my business not to forget faces you must be aware that i have not informed my he grimaced master of your identity that is true said armitage ruefully as a detective i appear to be about as much of a success as a farmer at the helm of a battleship ah well observed the other it is a business he looked at armitage closely i admire the united states can i be of service perhaps said armitage but you spoke of similar interests what can i do for you nothing i fear said the austrian you must know that recently this man kolsoff purchased in some way the mobilization plans of our army on our northeastern that is the russian frontier possession of these by russia will seriously affect the attitude of our chief baron arenthal toward the state department at st petersburg so close was the espionage in which i have played no small part that he was unable to get them out of his hands before his vessel sailed for new york from fiume i fear now however that such is not the case you mean he has mailed or expressed them asked jack the man shook his head such things are never transmitted in that way jack's heart bounded with relief well wouldn't that be a reason for attempting it i should be happy to know that the plans were on their way to the post-office in st petersburg shrugging his shoulders they would soon be on their return journey and not by mail oh cried armitage suddenly remembering his conversation with thornton i think i can put you in the way of recovering your stolen plans thereupon he told of the capture of yeski and of the papers taken from him already in the keeping of the secret service men in boston as he spoke turnecki leaned forward his eyes blazing uttering subdued german exclamations when armitage had concluded he sprang forward and seized jack 
by the hand and then after the manner of his country kissed him on the cheek a thousand thanks he cried my servitude ends now for when kolsoff awakens i shall be en route for boston you said that you would send on an order for their delivery yes i'll write that now and then i'll tell you what you can do for me of course you understand that the secret service chaps will require the austrian consul to vouch for you oh i understand that of course said the man all right armitage took his fountain pen from his coat lying on the bed and leaned across the bureau about to write when he abruptly laid the pen down and half closed his eyes some new thought seemed filling his mind and moving him deeply just a second he said at length he walked across the room jerked a towel from the lamp gazed closely at the man for an instant and then with an exclamation continued to the door which he locked placing the key in his pocket returning he stood directly in front of the man who had arisen well he said of all fools commend me how do you feel yeeski with your beard off and wig on your german dialect and your painted scar the man looked at armitage with face utterly expressionless you are mistaken he said am i sneered jack i have been mistaken so far as you are concerned several times in the past he laughed grimly but not this time old boy come pass out that control i haven't it you lie take off your coat yeeski deliberately divested himself of his coat and threw it at jack's feet then he slapped all his pockets you see he said i have not got it who has kolsoff i suppose he did not speak of it to me what did he speak of what are you here for you were released upon condition that you leave this country i suppose you know i can put you in the way of spending several years in an american jail i had intended going but i received his orders and had to come to him so i escaped from the steamship and returned to newport did you want to come no i am sick of the service it is all work and danger and no credit he receives it all then why did you obey his orders yeeski raised his shoulders and smiled significantly siberia he said the arms of such as kolsoff are very long in cases of those who fail them what did kolsoff want you here for to confer with me he thought we would be safe from spies here when i saw you i hoped to get an order for the return of the austrian plans huh you nearly succeeded did you tell kolsoff i suspected him no that would have made my work appear even more bungling listen added the man earnestly i told him i thought my capture had been due to the austrians whose system of espionage is really wonderful that is god's truth raising his hand solemnly i should have believed it myself had i not known you knew if that is true you have done me rather a good turn said armitage watching his face closely yeeski drew from his breast a silver icon it is true he knelt i swear it by this a man's oath is no better than his deeds replied armitage musingly look here yeeski he added presently i tell you what i am going to do i am going to turn you over to chief roberts of the newport police and he will hold you for two or three days under an assumed name on the charge of burglary no one but the watchman and the police and myself will know of your arrest 
when i recover the control you will be released free to stay in this country or go where you please the only condition is that you attempt in no way to communicate with Kolsoff. the man bowed his head thoughtfully besides resumed armitage i don't know how the secret service people feel about the austrian plans i imagine Kolsoff has been making representations to the state department and since this government has no business with them they may hand them over if i can help you there i shall do so now he concluded there is the proposition take it or leave it i'll take it replied yeski as for the austrian plans you need not bother about them you have promised me freedom after two or three days if i keep silent that is all i ask ever since i have been in this country i have been on the point of making up my mind to become a citizen the russian government cannot touch me here can it not unless you have committed a crime i have committed many crimes none however against the russian government i am weary of kolsov weary of this service weary of this life there is much money for me here in the practice of my profession you have already worked in this country haven't you your letter of recommendation from the eastern electric was forged said yeeski quietly no i have never been employed here i came from fume with prince kolsov i had some thought at the time of deserting but i was afraid now my mind is made up i want to remain here i shall remain i have a brother in chicago good said armitage come on now quickly softly they went down the stairs and after switching off the burglar alarm jack escorted the man out of the servant's door where he whistled softly the watchman came up on the run here's a burglar i caught said jack cheerfully he was lurking in the second-floor hallway the watchman a former new york policeman was not excited all right he said we'll take him to the gatehouse and telephone for the patrol this was done and within half an hour the side lights of the heavy vehicle plunged out of the darkness to the gate now don't worry whispered armitage as the man was bundled into the wagon i'll have the chief on the phone within five minutes remember your part yeeski nodded and the wagon rumbled away it was a very angry chief that jack sitting in the butler's hallway got on the phone but within a few minutes he was laughing and promising to obey armitage's wishes in every respect the clock was striking four when armitage arose from the telephone he stood stretching himself and yawning for a moment and then stole to the stairs i have spent eventful days before this he smiled but this one breaks all records as he slipped past the door of anne's suite he stopped just an instant good-night anne he said End of chapter nineteen